Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The abortion debate heats up again, and The View host Sonny Hostin thinks that being a Black Republican is a, quote, oxymoron. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Oh, Problematics, where have I been? I have missed you so. It is so good to be back and to speak with you. I've missed you so much. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened. I was sidelined for a few months because of some legal issues and some changes with the company I had my previous podcast with, but I'm not going to bore you with all of that. Nobody cares. That is all cleared up, and I am back with a new name, a new look, and the same Rob that you have grown to love. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you've listened to any or all of the 108 previous episodes of the old Rob Smith is Problematic podcast, I want to welcome you back. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Love that title. So let's get to it. All of a sudden, everyone is talking about abortion again. All of a sudden, there are very powerful forces that do not want you to be talking about rampant inflation. They do not want you to be talking about the baby formula shortage. They do not want you to to talk about the disaster that's going on on the border right now. They do not want you to talk about how expensive your gas is. They do not want you to talk about how expensive your groceries are. So they want you to talk about one of the most divisive issues In American history, which is the abortion debate. And so what happened, of course, as all of you know by now, there was a leak of a draft opinion which pretty much has been confirmed, which is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. That is where the conservative justices are leaning towards right now. This leak has been confirmed true. It was first reported in political, has been confirmed by multiple, multiple outlets. And so now all of a sudden, All anybody can talk about is the abortion debate. So I just want to break down a little bit uh, about what the draft opinion says and and sort of what the conservative argument is um, in regards to abortion, in regards to Roe versus Wade. The conservative argument is that there's no legal precedent to abortion in the Constitution. That is, the Constitution says nothing about abortion. There's no constitutional right to abortion. So what overturning Roe versus Wade would do is basically to throw the decision to the states where citizens would vote on it, right? It would go back to the states. And obviously, as we see right now, probably some 
more deep red states would be more restrictive when it comes to abortion, if they allow abortion at all. And obviously, some of the bluest states like New York and California would pretty much allow abortion right up until the the nine-month mark, which is where this whole conversation has gone, which is actually crazy to me. So before we really break that down, before we really dig down into that, I just want to first for a second talk about how did we even get to the conversation that Democrats on the left want to have about abortion right now? And the conversation that they want to have is that these people want abortion on demand no matter what, no matter if it's nine months, no matter if it's six months, no matter if it's three months, they want abortion on demand unrestricted no matter what. They are trying to they they have all these things where they're saying you need to shout your abortion, you need to be proud of your abortion, you need to talk about having an abortion in the crudest possible terms ever. So this is how far the left has pushed that conversation on abortion. So I'm going to tell you how I feel uh, about abortion because, yes, I am allowed to have an opinion on abortion because even though I'm a man, even though the left you know, used to tell you that men can get pregnant. It's very interesting. <laughs> as soon as the abortion and, and women's rights issues came uh, up for debate again, all, all of a sudden, we're not hearing much about birthing people anymore. We're not hearing so much that men can get pregnant. We're talking about women and reproductive rights. Okay. My position on abortion has been for a very long time that we have come a long way as a country and how the left has pushed the conversation about abortion. We are a very, very, very long way from safe, legal, and rare because shouting your abortion and, oh my God, these people screaming about abortions and screaming about their rights to have it. And if you look at any of the stuff that has come up, any of these protests that have come up since this draft opinion got leaked. You have people, women talking about abortion in the crudest possible, the crudest possible ways. They're talking about, you know, suck that thing out of there. This is a real thing that people are saying, right? And so what I've always thought is that women should have the right to choose up to a point. And the funny thing about it is, is that the left would, and this is where I, I hate the left and right binaries here, right? So the left, the far left would have you believe that everyone just loves the idea of, number one, abortion in general, right? Um, they try to pretend that this is just nothing. No, it's not nothing. This is something. And there are a lot of women who have, have made that choice who are not shouting their abortions, who are not proud of it, who said that it was a a, a deeply disturbing decision that that they had to make, right? So this is not something that is nothing. And I, I think that where we're at now is, like I said, a very far away from safe, legal, and rare, but there's this idea that everyone on the left, that all Democrats just love abortion on demand, and that everybody on the right just hates the idea of any sort of abortion at any point, right? And I don't think that that is necessarily true. I do not think that that is true at all. I am friends with a lot of conservative women who feel this pressure that they are supposed to fall a certain way about abortion publicly, particularly ones that have larger platforms, because they think that everybody on the right, they think that one of the things that is supposed to make you a conservative is being completely anti-abortion in any case, right? Um, the vast majority of these women, 
that I that I speak to do not like the conservative movement sort of hardcore stance against abortion. They feel like they're caught between a rock and a hard place because they, like the majority of Americans, do believe in women's right to choose up to some point. And I say the majority of Americans because there's actual facts and data that back this up. This is a a 538 poll. And you know what? This is not just from this 538 poll. There is polling that you can find all across the board that is going to tell you the same thing that I'm about to tell you right now. 60% of Americans believe that abortion should be generally legal in the first or second trimester of pregnancy. And here's the thing. And when we're talking about trimesters, obviously, the first trimester is from week one to the end of week 12. So when we're talking about people that are interested in keeping abortion legal up to the first trimester, these are people that think that it should pretty much be legal up through the first three months of the pregnancy, correct? Now, and this is the interesting thing, support for the right to abortion dramatically drops after the first trimester. This, like, literally by half. So in the first trimester, you have 60% of U.S. adults who think that it should be legal um, within the first trimester. And by the time you get to the second trimester, the second trimester being week 13 to the end of week 26, right? So, So we're talking about uh, three months to the end of uh, what is it, you know, b- about six months, right? The support for this drops in half. You only have 28% of Americans that generally believe that abortion should be legal throughout the end of the second trimester. So what you will see when you think about this right now, when you look at the this polling, is that the vast majority of Americans do not really believe in abortion past the second trimester. Now, this is not falling in line with what the left and Democrats would have you believe. These people will have you believe that the vast majority of liberals, the vast majority of Democrats, the vast majority of Americans just really think that abortion should be legal regardless. Remember that absolutely insane Ralph Northam interview where he basically said that and you can find this in in an in older episode of Problematic. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I covered it in, in one of the the previous episodes of Problematic. Where he basically said that the mother and infant. And this is this is basically talking about infanticide, basically post birth abortion, which is infanticide. This was uh, Governor Ralph Northam who said that the mother and child will be kept comfortable, and then there will be a decision made as far as what should be done. Now, that is absolutely horrifying, right? Because what you're talking about is infanticide. And I think that the left has pushed this conversation so far that this is where they would have you believe that the majority of people who identify as Democrats or identify as liberals would think about this. And, And here's the thing. So... If this draft decision stands, and there's some new reporting from the Washington Post very recently, as of this week, that says that these conservative justices are standing their ground. These conservative justices are saying that we're not going to be bullied. We're not going to change this. You can protest outside of our homes. You can do whatever. You, We're not going to change our minds, right? So should this stand, like I said, this would throw the decision to the states where citizens could vote on it. But here's the thing. 
Democrats, as of right now, control every lever of power. Right now, they control the White House, the Congress, and the Senate. So Democrats have so much power, why would they not just vote to codify abortion, the right to an abortion, at least within the first trimester, into federal law? And I'm going to tell you why they will not do it. It is because, like I just told you, abortion on demand is not as popular as Democrats and the left would have you think. Just because something, just because the left has pushed their agenda so far into entertainment, so far into pop culture, so far into music, um, so far into all of these different things, and just because the left can activate these sort of leftists that you will find on Twitter and in social media, and they can activate all of these people to go have these insane protests in front of Supreme Court justice homes, which is which is such a violation of, of privacy, which is such a violation of the cultural norms that we have shared as Americans up until this point. The fact that they can do this. This leads me to believe, and it leads a lot of people to believe that, like I said, this is not that popular, except among a bunch of very, very, very leftist activists, right? So the people that talk about, you know, sucking the baby out of there and engaged in these disgusting displays, and you can see all of these on Twitter. You don't need me to play the clips of these for you. These are not run-of-the-mill liberals or Democrats. These are deranged leftists. And the reason why Congress right now, you know, these people, like I said, own every lever of power there is. The reason that they're not bringing this stuff up for a vote right now, the reason that all of this stuff in Senate faces an uphill battle. All of this other stuff is because they do not want to be on the record in terms of exactly what they think about abortion. Exactly to what point that they think it should be legal. Is it three months? Is it, is it you know, six months? Is it nine months? Is it right up until the point of birth? Democrats do not want to be on the record about this. You had Tim Ryan, who's running for Senate in Ohio. Just interviewed, I think he was interviewed on, on CNN. You know, he went to a friendly place and they pressed him in terms of what he thought about abortion. And he would only say, it's the mother's choice. It's the mother's choice. It's the mother's choice. And that is all these people will say. I can tell you right now, and, and maybe this is going to, <laughs> as if me being, you know, gay or, or a, former a former liberal, all these other things doesn't, you know, hurt my conservative bona fides among the right anyway. And, and like I said, these people, I, I just, I, I don't care at this point what the right thinks of me, what the left thinks of me. I want to speak to what the vast majority of sane thinking people in this country think. My personal opinion is that I would not support abortion through the end of the first trimester. That is my opinion. I am going on record as saying that I do not believe it is right. Because you can make the argument that people don't know that they're pregnant within four to six weeks. Okay, you can make that argument, even though I don't believe it. But then again, I'm not a woman. I don't know a woman's body. So that argument can be made. You cannot make the argument that this is not a human being after three months. And you cannot make the argument to me that you are not killing a human being at that point. 
because even at the three month mark, you know, women are starting to show women can, you know, you can, they, they know that they've been missing their periods. I mean, women know that they're pregnant, right? I think abortion after the first trimester is, is inhumane. I, I really do. That is, that is what I think about that. And, you know, good luck trying to cancel me, right? Because you can't cancel Rob Smith. This is what it is. And I am not afraid to put that opinion out there because people won't call me. People will call me not conservative enough or not Republican enough, whatever. This is what I believe. But here's the thing, folks. I believe that this is what the vast majority of the American... Well, I just I just showed you. I just gave you statistics that this is what the vast majority of the American public, American public believes. And I believe this. I believe that if there are enough people on the right and enough of these women on the right that were bold enough to say, I can be a conservative and I can be for life and I still believe that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare for women up through the first trimester. And if you had enough Democrats that had the guts to say, I believe that abortion is inhumane after a certain point. Then we could come together as a country and that this wouldn't continue to be such a divisive issue. But here's the thing. There is a courage deficit among politicians. There's a, there's a courage deficit among these political commentators. Like People are not being honest with you. Because they are afraid of being canceled. They're afraid that one part of their audience is going to hate them or disagree. They are so afraid to tell you what it is that they really think. Because they're afraid that somebody's going to unfollow them or unsubscribe to their podcast or do whatever. That we can't get us a consensus. Because people are not bold enough to say what they really feel about all of this. And, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is where I become very critical of both the right and the left because this two-party two politics um, is, is a losing game, right? Because the only people that lose are Americans because there is so much money and so much influence and so much power and so much of all of this stuff that is wrapped up in these sort of super divisive politics issues that nothing ever gets solved. And I believe that that is where we are with this abortion debate. I think the vast majority of Americans will probably come to an agreement that, that it's inhumane to kill a child after a certain time in the pregnancy. And I think that another interesting thing to go into, if, if we're going to get out of my opinion and get into some sort of facts and data here, and this is something else with, you know, this 538 polling. And, and I thought that this was very, very interesting. Um, and this goes into the race debate. This goes into the debate about race and abortion and, and all of this stuff. And, and it's this. The percentage of poor women who are getting abortions increased from about one-third to almost half in the past two decades, right? So it has gone from 30% uh, prior to 1990 to 44% 
in around 20, 2017, right? Um, low income from 20 to 26%. But here's the thing, and this is the and this is the kicker right here. The amount of higher income women who have had abortions has dropped 50%. It was 52%, and excuse me, I got those dates wrong, um, because this chart is between um 1973 and 2015, right? So these are this is the data that we have so far when it comes to this the amount of higher income women who have ha- who are having abortions fell by 50% from 52% to 25% and what is this telling you what is this telling you this is telling you number 1 that these elite women who are arguing for abortion on demand and a woman's right to choose and all that other stuff and and this is what I keep telling you guys about how the elites view the world and the world that they want to impose onto poor people as a form, if you want to call it population control, if you want to call it whatever, is that the share of abortion among elite women has dropped almost half as it has risen among the poor um, and minority and, and lower income women that they claim to be advocating for. So here's the thing. Half of these women would never make that choice because they're not getting abortions, right? They're not getting abortions to the level that they used to because they know they're using um, IUDs, IUDs, and they're using um, Plan B, and they're using all of these different things. And so this is really about the elitism that is in line with everything that the left pushes. The left is going to push abortion on demand. The left is going to push, you know, all of this other stuff, you know, and then the 100,000 genders and, and all this other stuff. And so they push things that they personally would not participate in because wealthy women are not getting abortions. Wealthy women are planning their families. Wealthy women are waiting until they're ready. Wealthy women know what to do. So the idea is that these poor and lower income women are so stupid or so whatever that they need expanded access to abortion on demand, right? And so I thought that that was just a very, very, very interesting statistic. And this abortion debate is not going anywhere. I have talked about it for for well over 20 minutes. I'm not going to get that much deeper into it. But these are my thoughts on the abortion debate. So I'm on record. Rob Smith is on record in saying that I do not believe in abortion after the first trimester. And a lot of Americans seem to agree with me. Coming up, The View is bashing black Republicans again. I will tell you what Sonny Hostin said this time, right after the break. Well, 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 they're at it again on The View, hating on black Republicans. So a couple of days ago... um. Host Sonny Hostin, of course, got into it with a guest host named Lindsey Granger. I guess she's a, a black woman who was, um, she's the host of a show called The Daily Blast Live. And I, she was given the sort of unenviable task of being the sort of conservative-leaning black woman on the panel. And, you know, her and Sonny got into it a little bit about a couple of things. I want you to listen to this exchange. It is very interesting and very, very telling. 
I know this may be a novel point, uh, a novel idea for somebody who's, you know, a supporter of Trump, but there are people who are capable of being related and not having ethical interests. There's many things that I don't stand by that Trump did. Trump has done things that are racist. I'm a black woman first, so always understand that. But I do say that I have many conservative values that I will talk to you about. And so if you look at your network that you're standing behind, yes, and when you look at your network that you're standing behind, you're saying that you look at Chris Cuomo. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. You feel oh, like it's an oxymoron. I do. Why? Your friend right here is a Republican. We had She's this conversation. Tell, tell you do. And you say you feel like it's an oxymoron that you're Catholic, but you also are pro-life. I, I don't understand either. You, know, you, you don't understand yourself then. You have, you have disagreements. I understand you myself. Don't, I don't understand I, either of this, you. But it's not a personal conversation. Yeah. We're going, I don't, like we're, I we're don't. having a personal conversation about, about CNN I, I don't and how black things can get leads. And I don't understand Latino Republicans. Well, here's what I, today this is not about me and it's not about you. It's about celebrating Corinne Jean-Pierre. And I think we should. We can agree on that. Okay, so this is very interesting. There's so many different things going on here. First of all, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things about watching The View is seeing Ana Navarro, who apparently used to be some sort of conservative. She used to be in the Republican Party, but then she became just one of these. She got on the the anti-Trump or never Trump grift, right? And that is how she got a whole lot of new friends in the leftist media industry. And so she never really has to say anything Republican, never really has to say anything conservative. The only thing that she has to do is bash Trump. And in these sort of post-Trump years, where now we have Biden has been in office for well over a year, it's just been very interesting watching her squirm among her new friends when she tries to say anything that is conservative at all. Now, look, I could sit here and be mad at Sonny Hostin, but here's the thing. Sonny Hostin is playing a game. And the game that she is playing is if you are uh, if you are basically chained to Democrat and liberal talking points as somebody who is a media personality, you will be compensated very well. You will get book deals. Everybody will love you on Twitter. You'll get to go to all the events. You will do the Democrat Party's bidding and you will get rewarded. So in that aspect... It's almost like I can't even get mad at Sonny Hostin. It's like being mad because the sky is blue. She is there to push for Democrats. She is there to promote Democrats. There's no way that she would ever talk about um, anything that is bad that's going on under the Biden administration. She wouldn't talk about inflation. She wouldn't talk about supply chain issues. She wouldn't talk about baby formula shortages. She wouldn't talk about anything like that. And the interesting thing about this entire conversation is that it always comes back to Trump, 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 Trump. This man is not even an office. This man is not even on social media or Twitter, and he lives rent-free in their heads. And the reason that he does is because the only thing that these people have to do if they want to divert the conversation away from the failures of the Biden administration, if they want to divert the conversation away from all of the things that we're dealing with right now as a country, the only thing that we have to do is say Trump, 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 and then go to race, race, race. And so this Lindsey Granger was very interesting. Um, and it, it is very interesting that she was taking that position on the panel. I hope they bring her back. In, in my estimation, in my opinion, there's been a lot of conversation about The View struggling to find somebody to fill that sort of conservative woman slot, they're not going to give Anna Navarro 
the slot full time because Ana Navarro is not doesn't do anything but promote left. I mean, she was over here talking about Corinne Jean Pierre becoming the new White House secretary. What is conservative about that? What is conservative about celebrating that? So she is somebody who completely betrayed all of her beliefs in order to be loved by people who will throw you away in a second. I'm sure her and Sonny were BFFs when Trump was there for them to unite and bash. Now that Trump's not there, Anna's between a rock and a hard place, and she's also uninteresting to watch. Lindsey Granger, the the people that have been the most interesting to watch in this sort of never-ending quest for this Republican View co-host have been the black Republicans. They've been Mia Love, who... I got into it with Sonny in, in a clip that went super viral. In, in this clip right here, this Lindsey Granger woman who said, yes, I'm a Republican. This is a viral moment. So they're going to need somebody that is not just going to bash Trump and the Republican Party, but they're going to need somebody that is going to want to mix it up with them and to really stand strong for what they believe. And so the idea that being a black Republican or a Latino Republican is an oxymoron. Of course, anybody that's listening to this show knows that that is patently ridiculous because, you know, I'm somebody that votes for Republicans. I'm I'm not entirely sure if I'm, you know, super chained to any party at this point because they're always, like, both of them are always doing things that just get on my nerves and just make me mad. And, and I try to call both of them out. But the idea that a black American um, Republican is an oxymoron is a completely ridiculous idea, but the people that control Sonny Hostin want her to put that message out there because if she continues to put that message out there and it makes other black Americans afraid to stand up and say that they vote Republican or that they have conservative values or that there is something fundamentally wrong with the way that these Democrats are running the country then she is doing her job because this is what her job is right now. And so let's talk about some facts. Um, and let's, first of all, because, you know, if you get into the other 180 episodes of the previous podcast that are still accessible to you guys, so if you're new to following me, I, I please, uh, I really do want you to listen to some of those earlier episodes. But I talk about the black Republican stuff a lot. So let's talk about the Latino Republican thing. And, and this is something that is basically coming out of a National Republican Congressional Committee poll. Granted, a little biased, but it, it's very interesting. So their polling shows that Hispanic voters are 63% Democrat and 36% Republican. And this is what they said in their memo. They said Hispanic movement towards Republicans is real. Republicans are winning on the issues that matter most to Hispanic voters and are well positioned to capitalize on Democrats' extremely unpopular policies. When pressed on specific issues, the survey found Hispanic voters in battleground districts are extremely or very concerned about inflation, cost of food and groceries, and gas prices. So these are what they call kitchen table like kitchen table issues. These are the issues that the vast majority of Americans of whatever color are are, are worried about, are concerned with. And so this idea that Hispanic uh, people or, or black people or anybody else are just going to automatically march in lockstep with Democrats who are failing working class people of all colors right now is completely ridiculous. 
And so, you know, this idea that Republican, that, you know, black people are going to go to Republicans and that Republicans are just going to get a whole bunch of black people. Now, look, I used to promote that idea a lot. I still believe that Republican policies are better because of the issues. The, the, the policies just help people of all colors more. Now, Republicans are running a lot of African-Americans right now. They're running Herschel Walker down in Georgia for Senate. They're running um, a, a lot of different people. They're, they're running uh, this this guy, Wesley Hunt. They're, so they're running. They have a lot of black Republicans that are running, and that's great. And there needs to be more black Republicans. But here's the thing. Are they really making any moves? Are they really getting into the hearts and minds of black Americans in the ways that I think that they should be, I'm not entirely sure that that is true. And I'm not entirely sure that these moves happen and they happen in the way that they should just because you have a a black Republican running. Because here's the thing, you can have these black Republicans running and you can have them win and that is great. You know, we've got Byron Donalds in Florida and we've got Burgess Owens in Utah, uh, we've got our first black uh, female lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears, in Virginia. But here's the thing. The left just pretends as if these people do not exist. They don't get the coverage and the press that black Democrats get. They do not even really go on to any of the other mainstream networks a whole lot. And even when they do, it doesn't really get covered. So is this really making a change in terms of bringing black people to the GOP? And in fact, even if you do have these politicians, even if the policies do work, the Republican Party has a branding issue when it comes to black Americans for some very, very good reasons. So I used to be on the team that, yeah, you know, we're just going to get these black Americans and they're just going to see the light and they're just going to vote Republican and all of this other stuff. I do not know that this will happen. I will continue to advocate for it. I will continue to hope that this happens. I will continue to use my platform to try to get black Americans to wake up. But when they take a really hard look at the party and they don't see people that look like them and they see people that are just not really able to articulate the issues in the way that they need to be articulated. And when they just have these um, RNC folks and these politicians and all of that stuff go to these networks that African-Americans are just not watching, is this going to turn into some big red wave of black voters for the GOP? I do not know. I think that the answer is to go a little bit more local. I think the answer is to hit Democrats on the issues that they are failing at right now in the, in the hopes that that does change. But, you know, look, <clears throat> anybody that's advocating for black people to start voting for Republicans, man, that is an uphill battle. And the reason that that battle is so uphill is because you have the Sonny Hostins of the world that have these enormous platforms and she's just going to basically use her platform to say that I can't believe that a black person could be a Republican. And look, it, it just is what it is at, at a certain point. I, every day I wake up hoping and praying that it's, it's going to be the day and it's going to be the era and it's going to be the time in which black Americans really change their tune I just don't know. We're just going to have to see what happens in 2022, and we're just going to have to see what happens in 2024. But I'll tell you what, until then, people like Sonny Hostin are going to keep on getting a check 
for saying that it's silly and stupid and she doesn't understand why black people can be Republicans. And there's about a million more out there in the media that are just like her. So it is an uphill battle for anybody that, you know, thinks that black, black Americans are just going to automatically become conservative. It's, it's a little bit deeper than that. And, um, unfortunately it's much harder than it would be if we were to just focus on the issues, because if you focus on the issues, if you focus on the actual policies, Republican and conservative policies win every single time. But the thing about it is, is that it's not based on policies, it's based on emotion, it's based on racism, it's based on critical race theory, it's based on this idea that Republicans want to, in Joe Biden's words, you know, put black Americans back in chains. So these are the things that we are dealing with here. So I'm glad that uh, Lindsey Granger sort of stood up to the uh, the mountain of people that are basically going to say that because she's black, she should not be Republican. She should not be conservative. As a matter of fact, maybe I should see if she'll she'll do this podcast and talk a little bit more about it. All right, before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you are enjoying Can't Cancel Rob Smith, please, please, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. We are independent, so every little bit helps. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. And make sure you listen to Can't Cancel Rob Smith on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation we don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.